When I was in high school, I played soccer, and uh, in New Hampshire, there was a minor league soccer team, and uh, some of us don't even know that there's actually professional soccer, so you can, can, you can think about minor league soccer, there's about like three fans that go to these games, and uh, so my dad took us, and uh, we were, I was there, I think it actually it was just me and my dad, and there was a parent there. And, uh, and, and so, like, probably halfway through the game, like, we've been talking with him, just striking up a conversation. And then something happened to his son. I think he got a yellow card. And he went ballistic. He went crazy. So this, this individual that my dad and I had been talking with all of a sudden starts going ballistic and, and like, railing the refs. And, like, saying, like, F-bomb after F-bomb after F-bomb and, like, giving it to the ref. And my dad and I are, like, standing there, like, Oh, no! And as you can imagine, as the conversation continues, my dad and I are just slowly gliding and working ourselves away. So by the time this guy is actually being escorted off the f- away from the field, away from the game, my dad and I went from the corner of the field, and we're standing at the halfway line of the field. We did a, sl- a slow glide away from him because we didn't want to be associated with his antics and what he was doing. What don't you and I want to be associated with? That might have been a good reason. But are there some circles where you walk in with sweet tattoos like I have where you might want to do a slow glide away? P.S., this is the best, like, $7 I've ever spent on Amazon, ever. To buy nylon that has, like, these wicked sweet sleeves. Here's, though, where you can get in trouble. As I tried these on, I was showing Ava, and she's like, yo, like, you can't wear that one at church. Because it was, like, a pack of, like, seven. Because there was a, <laughs> a nude nun on my sleeve. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. That one won't make Sunday morning. <laughs> I digress. I don't, I don't think uh, tattoos are sinful. I think Jesus is going to come back with Lord of Lords, King of Kings written on his thigh. And, uh, but there are some things where we might, do a, might be tempted to do a slow glide away. What if you knew that you were sitting next to the town gossip? Would you want to do the slow, slow glide away because you won't want to get into a conversation with them? What if it's somebody that's here for the first time, had a rough evening, and heaven forbid, they might be saying a few bad, bad, no-no words in church. And all of a sudden, they, that, that first word slips. Are, are you tempted here at church to do that slow glide away? What if you were sitting next to a convicted felon and you knew it? Would you be tempted to do that slow glide away? And as you and I maybe get tempted to do a slow glide away, how on earth are we going to be able to reach people for Jesus Christ if we're always gliding away from them? Do we really believe that Jesus is only concerned about the prim and the proper, the ones that have it all together? If they have it all together, what need do they have for Jesus? Or perhaps it's just because their social media says they have it all together. The second we put up walls that would prevent us from reaching people, we are no longer being Christ-like. 
So the passage we're going to look at today in Luke, we're going to continue on in this unaccepted series, how Jesus takes the unaccepted and says, I accept you, I want you, I desire you. And so our passage picks up like with this, that after this, he went out and saw a tax collector. Now you and I, we both might not really enjoy the IRS but back in that day, they are literally hated. These are people, if you're a Jewish person, you would hate the tax collectors because they are serving a Gentile regi regime. They are serving people that, they, that Jewish people just naturally do not like. On top of that, they are charging extra taxes, keeping it for themselves. So they got really, really wealthy through being dishonest and abusing their power so a Jewish person would see them not that much better than the town prostitute. And so this person, this tax collector, is hated by the most religious of sorts. And he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at a tax booth. And he said to him two words, follow me. This is going to be very controversial. But Jesus goes to him. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. If you're the super religious person witnessing this scene, this would rock you. Jesus went to him, went to his booth and said, follow me. There's no back and forth. There's no conversation. There's no, what do you really think about this tax collecting business? Are, are you really, oh, like there's no, there's no conversation. It's just, I see you. I want you. Follow me. No back and forth. And he does. Give him his actions. We know that he leaves and follows Jesus. Jesus initiated the conversation, and the religious people would have looked at that and got their, their like underwear tied in a knot, if you will. Here's how we initiate conversations, which sometimes ruffles a little feathers. We did go to the St. Paddy's Day Parade two years ago on C at Seaside Heights. Have you ever been to a St. Paddy's Day Parade at Saint, uh, uh, on, uh, at on Seaside? You know what they're doing at 9 in the morning? They are pounding the beers. And so we brought water. And we watched, we marched in that parade, and I handed out hundreds of bottles of water saying, Jesus loves you, and the police really want you to take this water. And they laughed, and they took the water and the card. Because that's how we initiate a conversation. We marched in the Halloween parade. Guess what? There is evil things with Halloween. We're not supporting the evil, but we look at it as an opportunity to dress up in funny costumes, march in a parade, and do the same thing. Hand out water! Because we're the only church at that parade showing love and handing out thousands of cards, thousands of cards that says, God loves you and so do we. And through the CKs, we continue to reach people because we want to do nothing short of sin to reach people. We will not go to sinful routes to reach people for Jesus Christ. But if it's not sin, we will attack it full-fledged if it's going to cause us to reach people for Jesus Christ. Because we believe, we believe that even a tax collector, a town prostitute, can be changed by the power of the gospel. And so... 
Jesus seeks this man out. And there's a word that I want you to see here right away. Initiate. Jesus initiates conversation. He goes to the person, seeking him out, knowing that he's not well, but that he needs Jesus. So who are you seeking out? Who are you in relentless pursuit of, knowing that they are sick, but they need Jesus? Maybe you have a lunch break at work, and you're tempted to sit by yourself and not eat with anybody. Perhaps it's time to to stop eating alone in isolation and start eating with somebody else to strike up conversation. Perhaps you have a study break. I never took advantage of study break in school, but maybe you do. But maybe you need to take one, one study break off and sit with a different group of students to hang out with them. Maybe you love coming to church as a family, and this is your time, and that's good, and there is value to that. But what if you started inviting other people to come to church with you so they could see the value of going to church together as a family. Who are we inviting and initiating conversation? Jesus initiated this type of a conversation. Our passage then takes this wicked, awesome turn. And Levi made him a great feast in the house. And there was a large company of tax collectors. All these horrible people in society's eyes get together. And the company of tax collectors and others. Luke doesn't say sinners. He says others. Reclining with Jesus at table. These are, these are some of the toughest people in society. And they, they circ- Levi is, is changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And he throws a party for Jesus and the disciples. Red Solo cups have a certain image in our society There may have been red solo cups at this party. Because these are people that said yes to Jesus just hours before. It's not like they have everything all together. Chuck Swindoll, who's very conservative, said this about about this passage. He says, "The, the term here suggests a party, suggests that Jesus dined at the table drank Levi's wine, probably laughed at the stories, told his own stories, and was the honored guest, a conservative, a very conservative, Charles Swindoll, sees this as, as the Greek, as this, this was a party scene that Jesus lowered himself to interact with these people. Because that's who he's on mission for. So six of you said yes to relationship with Jesus Christ last week. Praise God for that. You said yes to mission. Your job is now not to sit in a pew and say, I'm going to become holy and this is all about me. It's never been all about you. It wasn't about you last week. It was about Jesus Christ last week and his power through you. So the six of you that said yes to Jesus Christ last week, you're on mission now. You're you're seeking after the people that might have their Saturday solo cups filled with all sorts of beverages. Because we want them to know Jesus. And so we pray for one. We wake up every morning praying, 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 God, one. Give me one today to pray for. Give me one today to interact with and share your gospel message. Jesus was proud to associate with questionable people and go to a questionable person's house and to, be, and to bring his friends into that circle. Are we willing to do that? 
we celebrate uncommon relationships out of the building, out of the box, that we will build uncommon relationships to reach people that no one else is reaching. Again, nothing short of sin to reach people for Jesus Christ. Levi says yes to Jesus, and he deliberately throws a party to get the disciples and his homeboy tax collectors together and mingling. So if you say yes, if, I'm going to invite some of you to say yes to Jesus today. I'm going to pray right now that some of you say yes to Jesus. And should you, throw a party tonight. Invite all your people that want nothing to do with Jesus. Invite the people around you and get them all together tonight and say, let's hang out and let's celebrate Jesus Christ and life change. That's what Levi is doing. And you know what this leads to? Because I fear this. I'm a pastor. I have friends that don't know Jesus. Social media is the scariest thing in the world. I sometimes post things and I'll get a notification that so-and-so commented. You know what my, my, my first re reaction is? is like, oh boy, I better jump on there and delete, 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 delete. Because heaven forbid my church family thinks that I hang out with some bad people that might occasionally do something stupid on social media. Flip that around. I want them to know Jesus. It, 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 might, it might mean that you ha throw a birthday party and you invite family and friends, and guess what? Some of your family and friends, when they're hanging out with your church folk, it might get a little awkward sometimes. Embrace it. I have, there's a family in our church that I have loved seeing this in the last few weeks, that, that they, they were talking about going out on a date night, and family members... Uh, commented on their feed and suggested what they could do on their married couple's date night, and it was sexually very inappropriate. <laughs> I don't celebrate the sin, but I celebrate the fact that this, this, this couple is able to interact with people that need Jesus. I went to a birthday party at the same house, and to my discredit, I hung in the kitchen with my church friends never interacting with anybody else. It was a long day for me. It was a Sunday afternoon. And there was a time where I did that slow glide away from a conversation because they were talking, and they were a bunch of dudes talking about certain things size-related. <laughs> and it got uncomfortable, and I walked away because I didn't want to associate. And then a week later or so, I study this passage, and I'm like, whoops probably should have made Jesus a greater focus at that party instead of being isolated and selfish. And so that's the, that's the second word I want us to think about, initiating conversation, but then, but then associating with them. Jesus brings the disciples. Has there ever been a time where you want to reach somebody for Jesus Christ, but you're like, oh man, if Julie knew I was hanging out with Tanya, Julie's going to get all sort of bent out of shape. She's going to think that I'm a bad, bad, no-no person. Forget Julie, whoever that is. Jesus was willing to bring his friends along and willing to associate with people for the sake of the gospel. It might mean that you end up at a dinner party or a birthday party where there's Christians and non-Christians. Do we want the non-Christians to feel uncomfortable or do we want to share them Jesus and let Jesus work in a person's life? It might mean the occasional off-color comment on Facebook or social media or Instagram, whatever. It might mean that you get tagged in something that you're like, oh, I really wish I didn't get tagged in that one. 
But here's what happens. Here's how the Pharisees respond. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, not to Jesus, but to the disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Different word there. And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need for a physician. But those who are sick, I have not come. Note this, he's saying his mission and his purpose now. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. He reaches in and uses that term. I have come to call the righteous, not call the righteous, but the sinners. Sinners are people that need Jesus, that, that are willing to, to say yes to Jesus. He's, he's come for those people, and he has an end goal to call them what? To repentance. You, you would think that these tax collectors, these unholy people, these people that are ripping them off, you would think that the very religious would, would throw a party themselves. They've all come together, and they are interested in a rabbi. They're interested in Jesus, a predominant religious figure. You would think that the religious people are going to look at that and say, yes, let's pray for life change. But instead, they grumble and complain. That Greek word is quite literally translated discontented murmuring. It's that person that sees you hanging out with so-and-so, so, 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 and behind your back is, is talking over here, murmuring, muttering. A cigar? Sinner. Instead of being over here saying, God, I pray this leads to a gospel message. God, I pray that you would work this conversation into, 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 into understanding the need for you, Jesus. I'm not going to murmur about this. I'm going to pause and pray and pray for life change only possible through the gospel. That's a better use of your time instead of murmuring and, and muttering and being discontented. If only the, only if the Pharisees knew that instead of being displeased with the dinner party, Jesus was actually displeased with them. <laughs> They're the ones that are not well. Levi's, Levi and his friends are the ones that are willing to admit that they have a disease called sin and that they need Jesus. And so Jesus wants to hang out with them because he's not worried about appearing to be respectable. He's not, he's not going to avoid the sinner so that other people want to think that he's above all of this. He's willing to reach into them, not endorsing their sin, but reaching in with a message for them. Jesus isn't quarantining sinners. He's going to them, reaching them. If you think that purity is, is striving to be isolated, if you think purity is, is staying away from sinners instead of associating with them, instead of serving them, then we need to understand that Jesus sees that sort of isolation as sin. This, this dinner conversation, this dinner party, if you're back in, in year zero of sorts, this, this is a way to identify with people. This is a way to say, these are my homeboys. This is who I want to interact with. Jesus is willing to be identified with these people to bring a message of the gospel and of hope. The religious leaders cared more about the appearance of holiness than actual holiness. Do we 
care more about the appearance of holiness or actual holiness. So Jesus says a statement about a physician and not coming for healthy people, but coming for sick people. He sees a good doctor, a healer, having to get his hands dirty at times. That, that 2 Corinthians would say that Jesus became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. He entered into our world to bring us a message of hope. He got his hands dirty for us, and yet we want to keep our hands clean and out of it instead of saying, Jesus, I need you, and I want to bring this message to other people. These religious folk didn't want to hang out with anybody. They wanted to crucify them and beat them up. I uh, had the honor. I was a youth pastor for many years. I was interacting with this one student, and uh, it was the only time uh, that I, uh, I got a, a knock at the door at about 3.30 in the morning. And uh, got a knock at my door, and I lived in a rougher part of town, so I thought it could be any, sorts, any sort of thing. And uh, it was two people that I had never met before, and, and, and they said, uh, are you so-and-so's pastor? And I was like, oh, yeah, I love that kid. And he lives up the street, and um, they said, well, his dad just died, and they're asking for you. And so I went back to bed. Just kidding. No. That's not loving. <laughs> so I throws through some non-jammy clothes on, and... Uh, walked up the street, and I actually had to walk over his dad's body because his dad was still in the room. It was that recent. His dad was a, a biker gang member, and he was in an intersect where, where he had a special tattoo that would say that he has done some really, really rough things. And so uh, part of this biker gang is that when you have a funeral, there are people from this biker gang, the two from every chapter that have to come to the funeral from all over the country. And so there I am at Bayside Chapel in Barnegat, and I'm co-leading this funeral with another pastor, and, and these biker gang members, many of them with this tattoo that would say that they have done some pretty awful things, are there. Two from that, you just heard Harley after Harley zooming into this, into this church. And, and it was wild. I've never even ridden a motorcycle, and now I'm surrounded by people that have murdered other people. And I'm sitting there, and I am so, so nervous because I have never gotten a detention in my life. I've gotten a few speeding tickets, and now I'm about to talk to felons and murderers and, and sinners. And here's what happened in the middle, of, in middle of, of the whole ceremony, the whole funeral. Uh, I knew that they were drinking whiskey in the parking lot. I was like, it's a little weird, but I'm not telling them no. And then I'm in the church. Like, we're in there. We're in the middle of the funeral. And, and I'm looking at this guy, and he has a brown paper bag. And I'm like, no, he's not. No, no, not today. And I'm sitting over on the side, and I'm literally, I'm just, I'm just, no, no. And he does, he, he sits there in his chair in the middle of the row, and he cracks open a cold one. 
and starts drinking a beer during the funeral. And I had an opportunity to kick his butt out. But I also knew in three minutes I was going to get up and share that Jesus Christ loves that man. And I didn't want him to do a slow glide out of the sanctuary. I wanted him to hear a message of hope, a message of repentance, a message that he, like me, I'm no better than he is because we both need Jesus. And so when we slow glide away or, or cause others to slow glide away, are we, are we losing an opportunity to share a very important message? And that's, that's the third word that I want us to think about. Initiate conversation, willing to associate with people, but then a focus. That This isn't, this isn't just to say, oh, your, your moral sin, it is what it is. You do, you know that there is a message behind what we're doing. We're focused on a whole process to bring it to a call, to bring it to you need repentance like I need repentance, that, that you, you, you don't see yourself as sufficiently religious because those that see themselves as sufficiently religious don't need Jesus. They don't think they need Jesus, that is. But he, to call in these people that know that they can't help themselves and, and, and to say, you, here's the answer for this need that you have in your life. You need Jesus. When you go to the doctor, here's what you are saying without using any words. You're saying, I'm sick. You're saying, I'm in need of help, and you're saying, I can't help myself, and so I need you, said doctor. Jesus reaches in, and he, he thinks about this whole process, not damning people, but seeing the potential in people, and saying, I am calling you to repentance. I'm not willing to leave you where I found you, but I want you to walk as I walk. Aren't we thankful for you that have been a Christian, whether it's been a week or whether it's been years, aren't we thankful Jesus didn't leave us where he found us? And so we don't want to leave people where we find them. This is a process. A desire for healing. And so we pray for their spiritual healing. And that last line, a call to repentance, you might get the uber-liberal person that will ignore that last line, just do good, do good, do good, but never a call to repentance. But, but as, I'm not railing liberals, because think about the uber-conservative. They get, they get foci focused on that. They want to ignore the whole process, and it's just, you sinner, you sinner, turn to Jesus. Like, like if, I, if I'm verbally beating somebody up, why on earth would they want Jesus? And so Jesus isn't focused on being an uber-liberal or an uber-conservative. He's focused on a whole process that would bring us initiating conversation, associating with people, and focused on a message, not leaving any one of those parts out, but looking at the whole process because our main thought for the morning is that sinners are the heartbeat of Christ's mission. And I'm thankful that Christ reached into my life a sinner and was willing to initiate a conversation, was willing to associate with me, and was willing to focus on a message where I saw the need for Jesus and said, yes, and here we are by the power of Jesus Christ. And so if Jesus is about evangelism, his church better be about evangelism. If Jesus is about restoring relationships, we better be about restoring relationships. If Jesus is about not leaving people where they found where he finds them, but growing in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then we better be about growing in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know what this means? Sometimes it's going to get awkward. Sometimes as you love Jesus, 
and you want to tell others about Jesus, it may get a little uncomfortable sometimes on your social media or as you're interacting with somebody or as, as you're golfing with a buddy and all of a sudden they light up a cigar and you're like, well, if someone from church sees me with a cigar, I'm gonna, they're going to think that I'm rotting in the pit of hell. I can't. It might get awkward sometimes, but is Jesus the focus? But at the same time, we do need to separate ourselves from the deeds of darkness. We can't say that sin is okay. We can't enter into sin. Jesus, there's, there's no message that, that Jesus is getting drunk. Sure, there might have been alcohol there. He's with his disciples, with, which, which has a level of accountability there. And if you struggle with drinking, here's what I'm not saying. If you're an alcoholic, we support America's Kessick because they're doing awesome work. Awesome work with people that struggle with drugs and alcohol. But there are some people that probably, with wisdom, shouldn't go to a dinner party like this. Because it might lead them to sin. And so if you're, if you're a dude and, and, and you know that up the street there is that, 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 that strip club or whatever, uh, uh, that, 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 that you, you might feel, well, you know what? God's calling me to, to minister to the strippers. All the dudes in here, God is not calling you to minister to strippers. He might call your wife. I mean that wholeheartedly. There's wisdom in who we reach out to and how we reach out to them. But are we willing? Are we willing? Or if it's not of Jesus, is it not of me? It's not like I'm just going to glide away. Or if it's not of Jesus, how do I bring Jesus into that situation? That's what I'm talking about today. Jesus refused this, this type of appearance of evil that would lead to never being around people that that might do a bad, bad, no, no thing. And if we're only isolating ourselves and, and keeping ourselves away from people that do bad things sometimes, then we don't get the privilege of seeing life change. Here's Matthew's account of the scene. He says the exact same thing. He, he, he has the same account. Matthew's one of the Gospels, four Gospels. Many of them tell the same story. Sometimes there's a few different stories. But uh, many of them, there's a few stories that are, are throughout the Gospels, all four of them, the accounts of Jesus. Matthew tells this story. And he says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And then he goes on and tells the exact same story about a dinner party where tax collectors and Jesus and his disciples got together and the Pharisees were all sorts of mad. You know why Matthew uses a different word? Because Matthew was Levi. His name changed like Peter. Peter was Simon, became Peter. Saul was referred to as Saul became Paul. Levi was Levi the tax collector, and by the power of Jesus Christ became Matthew. He's a disciple. That morning, Jesus went to a tax collector's booth and said, follow me. I'm willing to initiate conversation. I'm willing to associate with you. I'm willing to love you. And I'm willing to love you enough to focus on a message of hope and repentance. Because Jesus was willing to do that. He got a front row seat to life change. Matthew becoming one of the, one of the 12 that will one day give his life for a message. I saw a dead man walk and it changes everything. You need to know about this Jesus. This tax collector gave his life for that message. 
And if we're going to isolate ourselves, we will never, ever get a front row seat to life change, where we see people that are unaccepted become accepted by the power of Jesus Christ. I don't know why you're here. Maybe you're still hung over from last night. My message to you is not get out. Hey, I want to give you a t-shirt. I'm glad you're here. I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. He loves all of you. He, he doesn't really like your sin. That's why he went to the cross. But he loves you. And we are glad you're here. You'll notice that the walls haven't burned down. Because Jesus is glad you're here. And so we welcome you. And we want you, I want to be up front. If you're here, I want to be up front with you. I have a message in, behind welcoming you here. Because I want you to know the power of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that that thing you did last night with your boyfriend or your girlfriend and you guys aren't married, yeah, Jesus, Jesus wasn't celebrating that. But he loves you. He wants you to know about him. He's not avoiding you. He's running after you. And you're here for a reason. You're still hung over and it's a reminder of what you did last night. Jesus loves you and I'm glad you're here. But know this, he doesn't want to leave you in that place. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's calling you to a different and better life where Jesus is everything. And he puts us on mission. And so that's my challenge to us this week is to love him to our table. I don't necessarily know what our table looks like. Next week our table is going to be a whole hour earlier at 9 a.m. at OCC. A little plug there. But my challenge to us this week is you got a God loves you card on your way in. How are you going to practically love somebody this week? How are you going to love them to our, our table and love them so that they might hear a message of hope? I've been re I read this book, and by read I mean li I don't read books. I listen to books. And uh, I listened to this book in just a, a matter of like a day and a half. Got Ava turned on to this book. And, uh, and so I have three copies out at the guest experience table. It's called Everybody Always, and it's by Bob Goff. He just is this really unique dude that, like, loves people. He, he's in Uganda trying, to, trying to, 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 to put into jail witch doctors that are mutilating little boys under the, under the, under the, the, under the title of religion. He's trying to put them in jail for those heinous acts, but he's also trying to love them. He opened up a school where you teach witch doctors how to read, which you might say, like, you might want to murmur and complain about that, but he, you know what the textbook is for that class as, you, as he teaches the witch doctors how to, how to read and what, write? The Bible. <laughs> so he teaches them how to read and write through the Bible, practically loving people while showing them Jesus Christ. And so he, 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 it's a whole slew of things that are just laugh, you'll cry, and I, I did all of that. And so there's three copies out at the guest experience table where I hope you'll take it and read it as we see that the mission of Jesus Christ, that Jesus, that sinners are the heartbeat of Christ's mission, that we need to initiate, associate, and focus on that mission. And I pray that this week that we will sit, give these cards out. And you know what else I'm going to pray? I'm going to pray that when you love somebody that they're going to say, well, I can't go to your church. It will burn down when I show up. And that you'll respond with, hey, guess what? It hasn't burned down, and I was there. <laughs> so come on in. It ain't going to, like, no, come on in. <laughs> because I know that Jesus loves me, and I know the depths of my sin, and it gives me a sense of empathy for people who struggle. Because I was there, too. And I can still be there. By the grace of God, I'm not. So 
I want people to know Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite somebody that we've uh, talked to before, and, uh, but she's uh, initiating a program for us for the next few weeks. Uh, and so I'm inviting Lori to come have, come have a seat with me. i got to turn this on. Okay. Lori, come sit up here with me. Give Lori a, like, do something. <laughs> All right, Lori, so before we tell them, do you like my tats? I love it. Yeah. I questioned it for a second. Yeah, there, it's <laughs> nylon, so this is crazy uncomfortable. Uh, a year ago, what was your state? Where were you a year ago? Right, so, hi, guys. Um, a lot of you know me, some of you don't. I don't really stay in my story, but I'm never afraid to share where I was because I need people to know that your life can change. So in June 29th of 2016, by God's grace and mercy, uh, I wound up in jail. I got a year, did eight months. So I've been home since February, about over a year. Since February of last year, I've been home a year and a half. Um, it changed my whole life. I learned things about myself I never expected. Um, and here I am. I've been Did you think a year ago that you would be in a church no. on stage talking to all no. these people's faces? <laughs> no, sir. So I would, would be dead. So is this the yeah. power of Jesus Christ that you are here and yes. this is life change? Amen. Have you gone to the... Celebrate Jesus. I, all the time, sir. And, and you walk through a starting point. Yeah. And so you, because you're a nice person, you want other people to experience this life change. Yeah, all the time. Okay, so uh, you having a sensitivity towards people coming out of jail and right. getting associated back into society, right. which is a good thing. Right. Uh, what are we doing over the next few weeks okay. to, to serve them? So when I was in Ocean County Jail, there was a woman named Sharon Ryan that came and brought a group to me every Saturday. It's what started me on the path. She is a founder of a place called Safe Harbor and the Reentry Program. Reentry is in downtown Tom's River. Basically, it is what it says. It's a program that helps people coming out of prison, coming out of jail, even institutions, people just trying to get back into life. They help them find employment, you know, just basic needs that you and I might not even think about, but they don't have them. Um, so what we decided to do when we were at the meeting is do a CKA where um, I'm going to be collecting for the next three Sundays. Me, or you can see my friend Mikkel, she's going to be with me. We're going to collect toiletries. Uh, these people get out of jail and they don't have their basic needs. They, they, they have to buy food or shampoo. So any kind of toiletry that you kind of use on a daily basis, deodorant, shampoo, body wash, that kind of thing. Um, for the next three Sundays, you can give them to me, and we're going to package them up in little bags and leave them with reentry so that these women and men who are trying to start over can maybe save 20 bucks in their pocket and go on a job interview and smell good. Mm -hmm. So, um, listen, I wanted to go back in the jail and bring a message of hope back to the women. Unfortunately, because of my record, they will not allow me back in there. So Jesus is using me in other ways to help people in the community. So you, didn't, you didn't take it as like a wall where like, I ain't going to reach these people. No, You're finding sir. another way. No, I so walked came, around it. Yeah. came to the church. Yeah. We as a church. Yeah. <laughs> shampoo, conditioner, soap, yeah. toothpaste. Yeah. All of that stuff. And, hey, they're going to get razors. That's not to break out of jail. That's no. to get back into community. You don't want to talk about razors hey, in jail. all right. Not good. a good time. So for the next three Sundays, yeah. when you go to Walmart, buy two sticks of deodorant. Yeah. Buy some other. Like, bring yeah. it here. Load up her car. Let's overwhelm Lori with the love <laughs> that she gets to show other people with yeah. a message of God's hope. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, you, yeah. I'll see you in a little bit. All right. Let me... Uh, before we, we worship, I want to close with a song called uh, Oh, Praise the Name. And it's this beautiful song that just talks about the beauty of the gospel and what he did for you and I.
And I hope that there are some that are sitting here that walked in feeling so unaccepted, so, so, so that Jesus could never love me, that, that I've done too much to, to have his love. You can't out his grace. And so I'm praying that you are looking to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't know why somebody would buy a tattoo uh, sleeve and, and preach a message of hope, but he did. And I want that message. I want that Jesus. So I'm going to, we're going to close our eyes and we're going to pray. And if that's you where you're like, I'm done feeling unaccepted, I'm willing to be accepted by the power of Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray and invite you to say yes to that message of hope and life change. And then at the end, I'm going to ask everybody to keep their eyes down. I'm going, to, I'm going to invite those that say yes to look at me. And I want to tell you about something very special that we have upcoming this week. And then we're going to party and worship, all right? Let's pray. God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you willingly and lovingly crushed your son for a sinner like me, that while I was still a sinner, you died for me. I thank you, Father, that you sought me out, that you called me your own, that you, that you gave me your son, and that you celebrate every person that would turn in repentance to you. Father, I pray in this moment that those that have been yours for a while, Lord, would be motivated to go and reach other people. And for those that walked in on the fence or curious or not even knowing why they are here, maybe their Uber driver just knew they needed to be here and just happened to drop them off. <laughs> They're here. And so, Father, I pray that in this moment that they would say yes relationship with you. And if that is where you're at, I pray that you would say something along these lines. Jesus, I have sinned. I have done things that I deeply regret. And when I think of your holiness, I know that what I've done is not good. And I'm sorry. I'm turning to you in repentance. I'm turning to you sorrowful for what I've done. Father, I'm overwhelmed by your love for me. I'm overwhelmed that you would reach in and say yes to me. Desire me. And Father, today I, I, I don't want to stay where you're finding me right now, Father. I, I, I want to change. I want to be more like your son, Father. I, I want to be holy as you are holy. Father, live your life through me and teach me how to live the awesome life that you have for me. The life that I tried ruining, Father, that you give me this second chance, this renewed life, Father, I take it today. I want it, and I will live in this newness of life, Father. Today I accept it, and I am yours. And if you prayed that, would you raise your hand for a second and look at me? If you prayed that, I see you, and I see you. Look at me. Starting point starts this week on Friday night at the beach. Sign up for it. Leave your seat. Go to the back. Sign up. If Friday night, if you wake up Saturday morning and you didn't go to starting point, you'll regret it. Go. In that group, you will learn what it's like to be, to be in relationship with Jesus and the power of his grace. I have led that group. Go to it. Make it a priority. Because you're a priority to Jesus. Let's sing and worship in the song, Oh Praise the Name.